No, they know you never talk about your money. Right, so at Liverpool in the 80s, you, you'd no idea. No, no. Well, we, the only idea was that Kenny was on far more than he was. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. The Football Pod on OTB Sports. In partnership with AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. How are you all doing? We're back on Zoom. It's the Football Pod. Paddy Andrews is with me. James O'Donoghue. How are you boys? Oh, that was great. Fresh great after... Great last week, lads. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that was a big one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. First 18 months later. Yeah, we had a great night. Yeah, it was unbelievable, wasn't it? Go crack now, yeah. Friday was tough now, but uh, good to see we all managed to get out of Castle Bar safe and sound. We all got home, got down the road, got through it. We had an all right weekend, James. I did. Um, yeah. Tough day in work now, all right, Friday. <laughs> it was a little bit late, and in fairness, they, they were worried about it. And the yeah. game yeah. Sunday then, which we lost, fortunately. Oh. Lost to Dr. Croaks. It's not nice, the rivals. Yeah. Uh, we were doing all right. We got a man sent off then, and they pulled away. They're a good side, to be fair. Mm. Senior, we were intermediate this year, so they, we won't be worrying about them too much anyway, do you know? Okay. Would there be a big crowd at that from the town, though? No. No? It would be if it was It was only County League. If that was a championship match, then I'd be packed, all right? One house. Yeah. It was, yeah. But, uh, I, no, there was only a few at it. Let me guess. Sunday midday, so you missed Armagh, or Sunday probably afternoon, so you missed the Armagh to own game, and you probably missed the Munster Hurling final as well. I cut the second half of the hurling final. Okay. And the extra time. Yeah. Paddy. I'll paint the picture for you. On the left hand side of the pitch, probably the wrong side. He lines it up outside of the boot and he splits the posts. James had done his point that was sent into us fifty times at the weekend. Amazing. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Tony, Tony Kelly. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I was excited it was actually there for very a minute. similar, yeah. Have you ever <laughs> seen anything like Tony Kelly's equalizer, Paddy? No, uh, I was jumping up. I was, I was kind of, uh, I was watching it with my wife, and uh, the, the from the very first whistle, it was an incredible game. It just, yeah. It's obviously a, a huge event, and sometimes the games don't live up to that. But yesterday, like Twitter was absolutely hopping right from the first whistle, and you're thinking, geez, how can Clare keep this up? But to be fair, Liverpool are given as good as they were getting. And they carried on for the next hour and a half. It was incredible stuff. There was probably a little bit of a drop off. I think it didn't seem like anyone could miss yeah. in the first half. Yeah. Seamus Flanagan, Tony Kelly was off the charts in the first Outrageous. half. And then second half, it kind of got a bit scrappy. There was a lot of wides the first 10, 15 minutes. And then coming down the stretch again, it just took off. And you think, I was kind of shouting for Claire. I don't really know why. I have no real affiliation to either, but just the underdog story. And Hannon hits that point and you think that's it. Liverpool pulled it out of the bag. And because Tony Kelly would take it off the freeze as yeah, well. Yeah, Duggan had taken the last two. And the sideline, and you're thinking, don't go for that. Like it's so low percentage. And he just the cameras from behind on Twitter. You you shared one last night on Twitter. Yeah. The fan footage. Unbelievable. That is incredible yeah. to see. And I, yeah. I have to say, it was, I jumped off the couch. I <laughs> did. I couldn't believe it. And then Limerick just did a Limerick an extra time, didn't they? Yeah. Pulled away and I, Never looked like losing an extra time, but it was just, it was class. It was class to watch, though, I have to say. Even for Hannon to launch that one, to put yeah. them one up, was... Out of nowhere, like... That leadership. wasn't on either. It was an absolute oh. monster. Yeah. But Tony Kelly's one. I'd love to actually know, because we were actually saying it during the match. We we're saying sideline cuts aren't actually an advantage to the attacking team. 
because no one knows where it's going sometimes. Like, Liverpool so for him, short with the ball, don't they? Like, Liverpool they do. just, obviously, is yeah. tactic, like they just pull five yards to someone there. Like, whereas, like, Claire scored two of them. Like, but. like Canning goes through them. You know, Joe Canning goes from just player, the odd player on every team that'll be able to take them. But. Yeah, it's some advantage. But I'd love to know if if Tony Kelly put that down ten times, how many is he is he putting? Doesn't over? matter. He did it when he needed it. He did it when he needed it with tired hands, tired legs, pressure on. Last, he missed the last that's, that's the thing. He was taken off the freeze. You're going what yeah. mentality? Of the monster. Yeah. You know, do you know like when you're building these players that are just they have to have that something extra about them? Obviously. The amount of hard work that goes into being the type of player that Tony Kelly is, is 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 evident to see. Like he's incredibly fit, he's well conditioned, he's obviously practicing all the time. But there has to be a little sprinkling of something that when the stardust. moment presents itself, that bit of stardust, that when the moment presents himself, I'm taking that and I'm mm. I'm nailing it. You know? But he didn't even think twice. Like no. it's not like he, he put it down and was kind of throwing up grass to judge the wind and kind of <laughs> lining it up like a putt. He Is just threw it down short, like, absolutely. Yeah. He didn't he even was, think about putting a shot. Just he was, in a, he was in a flow state. I, yeah, you'd wonder did he even think. And even one of do you see one of the Limerick fans? It was a very poor attempt, but he threw a bottle as well. And I don't even know if it went into Kelly's eye line, but it went about ten yeah. yards beyond him. You know, it wasn't as good as Lee Keegan's GPS throw. One of the Limerick supporters. Yeah, from from the stand in that video I share. If you watch it, there's a Jeez. bottle that goes. Five yards over Kelly's head and lands maybe five yards in front of him. Bit of respect. Please. Shocking, shocking stuff. But it didn't phase him. Didn't phase him at all. Unbelievable stuff. Yeah, it was class. It was, it was good to watch. So it was a day watching the two of them yesterday. Our man thrown. Yeah. Probably wasn't as exciting as the puts the hurt and final, unfortunately. But uh, some good stuff too. No, that was a that was a nice Sunday afternoon. But yeah. You didn't dual screen it, Paddy, did you? I was dual screening them hurling. It was very difficult. I have to admit, I was struggling. I was struggling to keep up with both games. I had Leach from Sligo on Diego at the same time. And that was a very, very dramatic game too. Went to penalties. Yeah, Leitrim, yeah. We might come to later on. Leitrim had a goal in extra time that got disallowed. Mars Deegan awarded it. The two umpires called him back. I was like, there's no way he was inside the square. Rewinded in Diego, took a screen grab. He's a yard outside the square when the ball is played to him. Shane Moran. Photos. A goal in extra time. The, the umpire sticking their oar in. Anytime you're looking yeah. for them to do something, that they have a clue and they're trying to pass yeah. the book. And then they get involved there and it's a horrendous call. Look, the photo yeah. showers. Uh, and probably that, that could have got Leitrim over the line, probably would have, but umpires wouldn't be a, wouldn't be my cup of tea. Anytime you need them, they're nowhere to be found. Like. Yeah, if there's not a decision to be made, just don't make a decision. Like he, there was no reason to call that, yeah. especially when it was, when one said it was and one said it wasn't. It's very unfair. Oh. And Deegan, like, Deegan had awarded the goal. He was gone back to the halfway line. Yeah, call him just, back. It took about a minute, 90 seconds to make the decision then. So, yes, it's, it's, but it's your WhatsApp, Tommy, was coming through and I was like, this has gone to pedos and I'm looking at the phone and the Monster Hurdle finals yeah. down the stretch as well. I was like, yeah. I can't do it. Yeah, yeah, I was invested in the Monster Hurdle final. So I only seen the, the penalties back later on. The, the, no Sli- the Sligo penalties were good, but the Leitrim keeper got his hand to a few of them. They squirmed under him. Um, yeah. Two of the Leitrim penalties were saved by Aidan Devaney. So it was just an awful way to lose because uh, Sligo now, in, in normal time, I felt were probably stronger for a good bit of the second half. Yeah. Pulled away, they were five points clear. But then some of the clutch efforts from Keith Byrne and the, the end of that normal time, lads, were just, mm. it was brilliant. I think looking at those games and look at some of the, not necessarily the coverage, but the kind of the high scoring, the fact that London have gone, or Sligo have gone to extra time against London and the penalties against Leitrim, the player teams playing each other at a similar level. 
it's uh, it's exciting that Sligo and Leitrim were still competing in a game that mattered at the exact same time as the Munster hurling final. One of the great Munster hurling finals. Do you know what, what it's got to be, lads? And Sunday just showed again. We're getting into the business end of both the Talton Cup and the All-Ireland. We are going to see penalty shootouts. No. <laughs> we're going to see an All-Ireland semi-final or final goal to penalties. God, let there be a penalty shootout. In Croker, man. with a full house. It's coming, lads. It's, it's coming. The dra- we've had a couple already, but there's going to be a big one in Croker, guaranteed, before the end of the season. I think... 100%. I think it'll have to happen this year because I have a feeling they'll pull it at some stage. Really? Mm. What, what's the alternative? Bring back replays. Bring back I, the replays. I, I, I just don't think they're going to stick with penalty shootouts. But they right don't now. have the time for replays, do they? No, they don't. But if, if you figured out the calendar a little bit, I just have a feeling they're not going to stick with them. Something about it just doesn't feel very GA. But, hold on. I'm just... The players, it's difficult. And mm. I'm sure each of them, I'm sure Handy are gutted on a way to lose a game like that and I've seen negative reactions in, there was a couple of hurling ones as well underage and reaction on Twitter the drama lads mm. I'd, like if it is Dublin Kerry in a semi-final in Crow Park and there's 80,000 people at it and it's penalties like that is phenomenal stuff mm, <laughs> like it's, it's horrendous insane. for the players I get you the GAA don't really care about the players anyway <laughs> we know that <laughs> <laughs> so they'd be changing their tune there um, I just we're going to see one, lads. We are definitely going to see Yeah, one. I agree. I agree. Look forward to it. Well, I rattled through some of the results before we get into some of the talking points. So, yeah. this weekend, the All-Ireland champions, Tyrone, were dethroned. They were knocked out by Armagh, their old foes. Um, 116 to 110. You know, it was a fairly convincing win in the end for Armagh. Tyrone didn't really lay upon them in the last 15, 20 minutes. So, we'll come back to that in a little while. Armagh have now been drawn against Donegal who they played a couple of weeks ago. Up to 15 times this season. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> down in Cork, Mickey Hart's tactics came in for a bit of, um, I don't know whether the people were surprised by it, but, but Loud have played like that for a lot of this year. They yeah. played quite a defensive setup. Felt like at times Cork were there to be got at. Cork won by four points, 212 to 2-8, quite a close game, but Cork are true now. They go on to play Limerick. That game is not in a neutral venue. It's actually in Parky Cueve because of a pre-existing agreement between the two counties. So that game's in Parky Cueve. Armagh Donegal next weekend is going to be in Clonus. We're going to be previewing the games in a couple of minutes' time. I was at Cusick Park for Clare and Meads. Strange game of football. I'm not going to say poor, I'm a strange game of football. Clare won 11, Mead won 9. Clare had enough chances to win this game by 20 points. Harry Hogan, the Mead goalkeeper, had, got caught for the first goal, a high ball dropping in. Pierce Lillis flicked it in. He made three point blank saves, saved the yeah. penalty as well. Something happened with the penalty, and I'd, I'd like to get your thoughts on it. David Tuberty's lining up to take it. The referee comes in and sends him over to the sideline to change his jersey. Toberty has oh, to wait 90 seconds. It blood, was it? I, I was behind the goals. I couldn't spot any. There must have been something small. There must have been a be, speck. Yeah. Had to be, yeah. Can you not let him take the penalty and then change it afterwards? I don't know. Do you reckon that's why he missed for it? For a reason. Well, it gave Brian Menton time to go into Harry Hogan. And I don't know how Menton knew what way Toberty was taking his penalties. Much of a drone down in Dubai. But he told Hogan where he was going to go. Hogan showed him the side. Toberty side-footed it. Hogan saves it. You reckon he How told him where he was going to go? It That's felt like that. all the credit away from Hogan. Hogan did exceptionally well. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like we said, even with Tony Kelly's one, right? Mm. He went over, put it down, snapped it over, celebrate, boom, we're back. Whereas if he had to go and run over to the sideline and think about it, yeah. does it become a harder shot? I think it does. But with a penalty, there's so much pressure on a penalty. You just want it to be, just, just put it, it down, hit it, get right. out of there. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I felt. I would say it did affect him. I thought it was cruel on Tuberty. But anyways, that's what, me. Who was, the ref? Over. who was the ref? Go on. David um, I forget. I'm going to have to go back and check. Goff. No, it wasn't David Goff. David Goff. David Goff. I'm not sure David Goff was doing that. Uh, it wasn't Goff. Um, I don't know. I, all the rest, some referees caught, caught the eye this weekend. Obviously, Banty wasn't too happy he with, with Cassidy. Said that mm. they were robbed. Banty said that in 20 years of management, he's never had a go at a referee. I do not know if that's true or not. I'm sure Pat McEnany <laughs> may confirm. That is not true. <laughs> that is. It's the lies that hurt the most. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, in 20 yeah. years, he's never challenged the ref. Banty, come on. Why would I give out a bit of ref? Sure, my own brother's a ref. Um, yeah. yeah so Mayo and 113, in 12 <laughs> points. Oh, I did, I'd say they do talk. Mayo 113, in 12 points. Mayo got through it. I don't know whether it was us being in Castlebar. I was surprised, lads, with how dark that part of the conversation got in Castlebar at our roadshow. The roadshow is obviously available on YouTube. Go back and watch the last 40 minutes. They were rattled, weren't they? Mayo support. I'm surprised yeah. because my experience with Mayo is they always think they're going to win. Mm. <laughs> Even if they're not yeah. favourites. And then arriving down last week, obviously, and catching up with, with obviously Keith and, and Andy and a few people around Mayo, there was a, a negativity around that it's kind of doom and gloom and not very comfortable going into that game against Monaghan. But there was a big crowd, obviously, watched it on TV. There was a big mm. crowd in McHale Park. It was good weather. They got off to a very good start um, and in vintage Mayo style, nearly managed to throw it away themselves. But I know the referee decisions will come in for a bit. Um, and Monaghan will feel hard done, but they were a better team. And, they, they should have been out of sight before we even get to the yes. critical penalty or non-penalty decision and injury time. But uh, yeah. they're on the road again. They'll get a bit of momentum out of that and they play till there they, this weekend. So. They definitely will. And Glenn Ryan, I don't know whether he knew what way the draw was going to go, but Glenn Ryan was in Castlebar. A very fruitful visit. He uh, got a scouting mission in. So we got to see Mayo Monaghan. So we're going to come back to that. We're definitely going to be talking about Mayo Monaghan in a couple of minutes' time. The Talchin Cup. New York, their first game of the Thatcham Cup, they were knocked out by Offaly, 317 to 11 points. Carlo's year has come to an end after they bet to parade the last time. They just couldn't catch Westmead. Westmead won by 121 to 213. Cavan, a nine-point win over Fermanagh. Thomas Galligan scored a goal after 14 seconds in this game. Torek Faulkner got their second, 216 to 13 points. And Sligo, of course, as we mentioned earlier, a dramatic game against Leitrim in a packed Sean Park McDermott. It was rocking. Sligo won 4-3 on penalties. The game finished 119 to 216 after extra time. Cracking game of football. So the Tatchin Cup semi-finals are going to be the following weekend, June 19th, a Sunday. They have it to themselves. Offaly versus Westmead, a local derby, and Cavan versus Sligo. So they're going to be two good games in Croker. We'll come back yeah. to them next week in the pod. As we mentioned, the qualifier draw was made this morning for this weekend. We have Claire Roscommon in Crow Park, Mayo Kildare in Crow Park, a double header that Paddy Andrews is going to be at. We've got Cork and Limerick and Parky Cueve on the Sunday, and Armagh, Donegal, and Clonus. Before we move on, Paddy, Croker, are you looking forward to it? Nonsense. I'm annoyed <laughs> with this. Jesus Christ. How many times are they going to do this? Like those games, Kildare and Mayo, Roscommon and Clare, there will be. 40,000 people between both those games. Why in God's name are they continuing to do this? Roscommon Clare played in Portleash or Tullamore with a full house. Look at the atmosphere in all the Munster Hurling Championship games. Look at the Ulster Championship games. Look at the Gaelic Ground or the Athletic Grounds yesterday for a man's own. 
the games in Crow Park, anyone who had the misfortune of watching the Leinster hurling final on Saturday night was the latest disaster that they've had in Crow Park with no atmosphere, no energy in the game. Kildare Mayo, like, play that game in, play that one in Portlaoise on Saturday, play the other one in Tullamore, and you'll get full houses for both of them. Yeah. Savage atmosphere. Crow Park will be soulless on Saturday, on Sunday, or this Saturday. And it's like, why? Why are they doing this? Every single person, coaches, players, media is saying this and they just keep doing it. I couldn't believe when I seen that these games were put in Crow Park. There's no need for it. It's not like, oh, it's a Talda Cup semi-final. We've, we've guaranteed our or Leinster final or whatever it is. These games should not be in Croker. I'm going to go. I ain't going to be happy about it. I'll have my free coffee and my free sandwich in the press box, which is the only plus out of it. But look, those games could be really good. I think they'll be good games, but they could be brilliant events if they're in a provincial ground with a full house on a Saturday night. Good for the local economy, wherever it is, if it's Tullamore, if it's Portland, if it's wherever, yeah. like Croker on Saturday nights. I'm not looking forward to it, I have to say. Yeah. They just don't, they don't get to the, to the same level as a game that's packed out in terms of the crowd. The crowd offer a component to the game, a massive component to the game. So it, do, it can't get to the white heat sense of a championship match without a full crowd. Like th- that's one of the most important parts is the crowd going mental as it comes down the stretch and the game is close. It's championship. So, that's what championship yeah, is about. When yeah, there's people, it's the same thing on Sunday, lads. Like Porky Cueve, Cork and Limerick. 10,000 of that. 10,000. In that game in Ennis, like... Oh, <laughs> it's they're they're not going to change. You don't listen to anyone. Like say the GAA are doing their own thing, and fair play to them. But as a product, the amount of, this is literally coming up every week with these games. People are going. Crow Park's an amazing place. Save it for the biggest games where there's yeah. going to be an atmosphere where you're going to get at least sixty plus thousand. Yeah, like it's not even going to come close to that. And on Saturday, asking people to come up to Dublin. Obviously, the stuff outside of that economically, but. Cost travel petrol, and, yeah. and hotels yeah. and all that stuff like so true oh, it's just nonsense but they don't care they're not listening to us so it's a pity because like going to a packed championship game when you're a kid that's when memories are made and you're like I want that I want to be out there yeah. like sure you look at Crow Park on the TV in an All-Ireland final you're like imagine that's a dream I want to play there when I'm older yeah, but it's 80,000 that's not yeah, that's 70,000 that's the real Crow Park that's the real Championship feeling, but you're not going to get that in these games. Well, I think you, it will. Suit. If, you, if you look right, the Leinster hurdle final on Saturday night compared to yeah. 24 hours later, a full house in Turles. Yeah, with the Munster hurdle final, and look at the the atmosphere, the quality of the games. There was not one single person talking about the Leinster hurdle final. There wasn't one empty seat and the state of the weather, everyone got absolutely soaked. I was an yeah, energy. It, lo- it was a lovely day in Dumpling yeah. on Saturday evening. Great time to go in for a game. But, yeah. But, well, whatever. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. We're going to get into our previews now. There are ga- The games are good. Like, the draws are yeah. good. Whatever way they've fallen this time, we've got two Division One uh, matchups again. So the games are going to be competitive once more. And I suppose that is one thing that we can look at as a plus. I'm really looking forward to looking at or finding out how you guys feel about both of these games. Before we move on, James, one last one on our show in Castle Bar. A couple of great stories on the night from both of you boys. Keith Higgins was in flying form. We have a lot of questions coming in. Did did you really bench 100 kg? No. I didn't squat that. <laughs> Deadlifting 100, benching 50. No. 
I couldn't do my shoulders. I don't know. I said that clearly messing because the ref was like, was was saying that I was just a dweeb, basically. Like, so I said, I, I can do it. But no. I could have picked a bigger number than 100. Like, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Up, like, yeah. Dumbbell bench was all I could do. I'd do maybe. It's funny. Two thirty-seven and a half. Yeah. Okay. That's, that was your max. That's good going. What was your max, Paddy? Sets of, sets of 25. Wow. I do warm-ups 37 and a half. <laughs> did, you, did you did you see the photo Sportswild tweeted today of the Limerick boys celebrating? Oh, reckless! Did you I see Sean, do you see Sean Finn? They're all animals, but yeah, like animals. you know when they're walking around the parade, they're just going. Is there lads? Just... Is there lads like that in every dressing room? Like I've never seen someone that ripped on a J field. I think the hurling fellas are are in better, say, muscular shape. But I okay. don't think they 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 do as much running. Okay. I would say that even in a game, they probably. I asked Keith actually, and he he disagreed with me. But I reckon they do a lot less running in a match and in training. Oh yeah, appreciate. So um, I reckon that they could concentrate more on the gym in that sense. But I don't think that the the football teams would be in that kind of shape. Maybe I'm wrong, but anyone the dubs look, look like, like that? They're, they're <laughs> lifting massive weight behind closed doors. Well, a few maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. A few, yeah, but no, but to tell it like. To get it, like the boys have been at that for a few years now. That team yeah. is on the road, trading four or five years. You don't get into that, Nick, over three or four months. Like that's yeah, time and sacrifice, and that's that's the name of the game. There, they got away with it yesterday again, and they just seem to have that mentality, don't they? It's just like yeah. we spoke about it so many times in this in relation to football teams. Once you get a couple of wins, that gives you that confidence in those tight games. And you can see it again yesterday with, with Limerick, obviously, we went into extra time. They just didn't seem like losing it. As brilliant as Clare were. Um, yeah, that bit of experience. And it helps when you're, you've are you absolutely jacked <laughs> 15 lads that are animals. Animals, well. absolutely. Yeah, animals. That, I'm sure that helps as well. Well, you are listening to episode 21 of The Football Pod with Paddy Andrews <laughs> and James O'Donoghue. As we mentioned, we had a great night in Castleberry the other night. So thank you to everyone who came along to it. And everyone who's watched the show so far on YouTube or listened on, on podcast, you can still check it out. The first hour, I would say, is very much relevant at any time. Loads of great stories and fun and crack. And then we got into a bit of a Mayo Man and preview that Kildare fans might want to listen to because Paddy Andrews throws it open to the crowd at one stage. <laughs> that could have gone anyway, Paddy, when you said, Lance, what do you think? And all you hear back is, it was shite. It was terrible. <laughs> But and they were right. And they were, they were yeah. No, they were. They were. So have a listen back to that. The Football Pod is brought to you every week by AIB, proud sponsors of the Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. We're going to be back right after these talking about this weekend's qualifier action. You're very welcome back to the Football Pod with Paddy Anders and James O'Donoghue. Lads, I think I want to start with Armand Tyrone. Ooh. This weekend, Paddy, I'm going to throw it to you first. Yeah, Pierre McGinney possibly got one of the biggest wins of his championship reign over Armagh. It's a massive one. He's knocked out the reigning All-Ireland champions. Oh, it's, a, it's definitely his biggest win in the championship. This is eighth season there, and we, we've spoken about Armagh a lot and their progression over the last number of years. They've now, over the last two or three seasons, they've consolidated themselves as a top Division One team. That's the first stage. We view it like Monaghan as an example where that, where they're they're playing, hanging on, they're usually involved in relegation, but for six, seven years, they've been in Division 1, and that just gives you a solid base to go from. We said, like, Derry's success was nearly even more stunning last week because they've kind of jumped the queue. They've done it yeah. the other way around, where they, where they haven't got into Division 1 yet, but they've won the Ulster Championship. Whereas Armagh was the exact opposite of that. 
They consolidated themselves in Division 1, but they had not won any big championship games. And I don't know, if they were beaten, is McGeady under pressure? Yes. Possibly. I'd say he probably would have been. I'd say he probably, because it was getting to become a monkey on their back. We expected big things again of them uh, seven weeks ago in Bally Buffet, and they were so flat that day. Donegal mm-hmm. totally swallowed them aside. So it was, there was big pressure on them. There was big pressure on both teams. And we're getting to that stage of the season where, where it's knockout. If you don't perform, you're out. And they didn't get a great start. Then Conor McKenna's goal. And it's funny when you look at that goal, both teams, the athletic rounds is a tight pitch. Both teams play relatively defensively. But defenders can kind of get into a complacent. It can be a bit complacent because there's so many bodies back there that they don't they can get caught between two stools between actually defending and just going, well, I don't need to do this because I'm six lads beside me. And Michael McKiernan's run for Conor McKenna's goal because he just has intent. And, and this is what we were, we were so frustrated with Donegal the week before yes. where everything was so lateral and you're not really probing, you're not penetrating, you're not challenging the defenders. Michael McKiernan, maybe because he is a defender and he has pace, just says, I'm cutting straight through. Goes by about five Armada defenders. No one gets a hand on him. And Conor McKenna gets the goal and it's a great start for Tyrone. And you're thinking, okay, they've learned their lessons from, from Derry. This is the sting in the tail. I, and we spoke about this last week. I expected Tyrone to win this one. I was waiting to go, surely, surely the All-Ireland champions have something about them that they're going to turn it around. And that was probably as good as it got for Tyrone after that. Armagh made a couple of changes. Obviously, uh, Supi Campbell started the game. Yes. A massive impact, gets man of the match. Started really well, drifted out of it, and then became massive at the end again. Reid O'Neill grew into the game. He was probably quiet again. He played out the pitch. Mm-hmm. Tyrone were going to flood bodies back. But the, the key word I wrote watching this game any time Armagh attacked with intent, they hurt Tyrone. Yeah. And, and we've said it. We're going to see these blanket defences. We're going to see bodies back. We're going to see it again in Clonus on Sunday when Armagh played Donegal. The blueprint, Armagh were so timid against Donegal. They brought yeah. everyone back. They had no intensity in their attack. They learned their lessons. Look at Aidan Nugent's goal. It's a 45-yard kick pass in and he skins Benny Tag. That, that was a risk. I Throne played, gave him a rookie his debut, and it did not work out. And, and to be fair, he gets skinned for the goal for Nugent's goal. But that's a kick pass inside. Jason Duffy as well takes on Ronan McNamee. Pace, score. Mm-hmm. Reid O'Neill, the two unbelievable scores in the second half to seal the deal. Stephen Campbell and Andrew Burns from long range, like 60-yard kick passes for, from Reid O'Neill. It just shows our mark can do these things. Uh, yeah, it, some reason against Donegal, they just didn't do it. It was yeah. like they were too, they stayed froze, in their shell yeah. so much. And, and they learned their lessons from that. Any time they kick the ball, and there's a risk against Tyrone because Tyrone hurts you in turnovers. But once they started kicking the ball inside, or they just attacked at pace. They said, right, get runners off the shoulders. Let's be direct against this Tyrone defence. And Tyrone had no answers for that. And that's a lesson for Arba for Sunday. Eight weeks ago, they were flat. They didn't fire a punch really against Donegal. They've learned valuable lessons from that win in the athletic rounds. It's a big win for them. They're still up against it, but to knock out Tyrone convincingly, six-point winners, and they were full value for it. It was a massive win for McGinney and a massive win for Armagh. They definitely were. James, as Paddy mentioned, Armagh made a couple of changes. They brought in um, Stephen Campbell. I'd be interested to get yes. both of your takes on 
the perception of a player like Stephen Campbell. He's definitely been a bit of an impact sub over the last couple of years, maybe a finisher, somebody comes in in the last 20 minutes. James, when you were looking at Campbell there, as Paddy mentioned, he goes out of it a bit towards the end. Would he have proven himself now as a starter to Kieran McGinney? Because he definitely hasn't nailed down a starting place over the last four or five years. He hasn't, but you see, you have to weigh it up as a player. He wants to have an important role, obviously. But I think that his role coming off the bench was just as important. Like, it was not like he was sidelined and... Mm. And he was he was always you know, in the mix. put out the corner. He was always coming on and actually making a big contribution in the big game. So he was on the field when maybe the intensity had dropped a little bit and he could get scores and create scores at the right time. So is it a fitness thing that maybe he's come on a bit recently or they just wanted him on the field for his experience? But he got two um, and he touched a load of ball. Like, would I start him? Yes, I think he's definitely one of their best forwards. But... For McGinney, it's it must have been a case of will he last the pace to be mm-hmm. able to come up with the big plays late in the game when they're really needed. Like a point, if it's going down the stretch and it's level or you're a point down, like that point to get you level late on is a far more valuable score than early in the game. Do you know, like, yeah. like you need a different kind of a personality to step up with those big scores that Stephen Campbell obviously does have. So it'll be interesting to see if he holds his place. I don't think it was ever an ability thing. It must have been a fitness thing because they wanted him on the field later on. Yeah, oh, lads, he's he's nailed on to start. Like the two scores he gets, and, and to be fair, the way the game starts and throw could have let him off and throw bring everyone back. He was getting a lot of ball first 10, 15 minutes. I'd say he's probably highest possession kill. He was looking for kick passes inside. You could see there was a bit of okay. They're trying to probe, which which is what you need to do against a blanket defense. But he does go out of it, and, and not just him. I think Tyrone kind of come back into it. Just before half time, they get a couple of scores to get it back to a point. So our yes. man, not just him, our man were kind of going out of it. But then down the stretch, particularly after Richie Donnelly comes back on, and it's an interesting thing I'll talk about that. But the, the final quarter, our man dominates and he kicks two brilliant scores. Um, the first one he gets after Ethan Rafferty gets his second score <laughs> today, the crowd goes wild. The next play, Campbell breaks and gets a brilliant score, and then he gets that. The, the score off Reed O'Neill's 60, 70 yard free and he catches it and spins it over the right. They're iconic scores for Sensational, yeah. And it shows that's down the stretch. So yeah. I don't think it was just him that went out of the game. I think Armagh probably struggled around that that middle period. But uh, he, without a doubt, lads, he's going to be playing from yeah. the start. Yeah. On, yeah. Uh, on Sunday. Like, all, I, I, don't, I don't think I can afford not to play. Yeah. Like, all Armagh's forwards scored. They did. Yeah. And... I think Burnham the big thing off the bench as well. He's yeah, and that's up. that's the thing. We saw that impact from the bench. We know that our man can mix it up. I'd be a big fan of Andrew Mernon over the last couple of years. And I he got an unbelievable as well. <sighs> Reid O'Neill's three as well. What a score! Like. Yeah, sensational stuff. I think James on in, ter- in terms of their setup against Donegal, Jamar Hall started that day. He came on this day. Aidan Nugent, obviously, I think uh, on commentary they were speculating about why Nugent didn't start the last day but his right card didn't get overturned until very late coming into that uh, game against Donegal um, Nugent he was good he, he was good influential in first, no he was he was on but, on a rookie Benny Tegg's first start and it, look, it, it just didn't go well for him but he was direct he was sharp he kicks one run he'll be in the mix as well then on, yeah. on Sunday yeah, yeah. I, I even just think options. you need options because you don't know what's going to happen. Like week on week on week, you know, there's no, there's no big time to to change tactics or anything. You kind of you kind of go at what you have now. There's mm-hmm. no more time to kind of mess around or experiment. Whoever's playing well, 
is going to play. It has but to be. If you look, by the time that game rolls around, they lost by seven points. It'll be two months exactly since they lost the Bally Buffet. Yeah. Donegal annihilated Rafferty's kick out. That's the thing. Probably didn't didn't capitalise on it. They had a lot of bad boys in the first half. Armagh were too conservative in that game. There's no doubt about it. They could not have watched that game back. It's a, why were, the whole performance was flat, but they're coming in, bouncing after the National League and just going, that was, they didn't fire a shot. The only time they troubled Donegal was the 10 minutes after halftime where they started being direct. Reid O'Neill started playing inside and it was like, now they're a handful. It was the Armagh we associated. They did that at times against Tyrone on Sunday and it's worked for them again. Do like... They have to go for this game on Sunday. Do not go to Clonus. Donegal are wounded after losing that Ulster final. Do not go there and try and hold the fort again. It doesn't suit our man. And it didn't suit them two months ago, Bally Buffet. They lost by seven. They could have lost by double figures. Learn the lessons from it. I expect that they will have. It's a very good point because Donegal were three up at half time. Armagh came out like a train. Patton made a couple of big saves. They left 2 1 or 2 2 behind them. And next thing, Donegal got the next 1 2. Game yeah, over. Great to get the goal, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, I think it was, that, it was the whole Donegal. game. That whole game, our man, was just flat. There was no energy to them. There was no everything we that was positive about them in the national league. Yeah. Intent. That's what I'm, the one word I was right now watching that game yesterday. Even throughout, any time there was intent in their attack, and someone had a bit of pace, either with a kick pass or runners off the shoulders, they hurt the teams. Donegal didn't fire a shot against Derry because they were so passive. Armagh, when they lost to Donegal, were the exact same story. If you're playing against bodies back there, you have to have pace in your play. It has to be intent. If there's not, forget about it. You're going to just be lateral, not challenging defenders for the whole 75 minutes, and it's easy to defend against. And Armagh, like, there's no way McGeady and Donaghy and these guys can look at those performances and look at the game two months ago in Bally Buffet and say, right, we're going to go with that approach again. Couldn't. Be madness. I think that... To add on to that, I think that Armagh not got nervous against Donegal the first time, but there was there was a lot expected of them after the National League, which was probably a new feeling for them. They were like, you know, we actually have to go out now and, and be on the front foot. I think they might have got caught there a little bit. So in the next game against Donegal, they can actually afford to take more risks with the ball and give the ball away more because we've seen Donegal, they don't exactly attack with blistering pace. You know, Donegal are sauntering up the field. So you can actually afford to put some ball in and still have time to get back into your defensive shape. So I think that I think that Armagh will be will be definitely given instruction off, off Danny to put some diagonal balls in and then they'll still have time to get back. They have the boys to mix it up with. Like, that's the thing. So yeah. Variety is key as well. Yeah, okay. So what we're expecting is the Armagh that we may have seen, that bit of chaos that we saw, a little bit more of that chaos saw against Monaghan when they fell short last year, a little bit more of the... The mix, the mixing it up game plan that we saw against the Dubs in the league that obviously worked so well for them. Yes. That's kind of what we're, we're we're not. We don't think that they're going to look at the Derry template and say this is what we have to do to stop Donegal. No, no. I I'd be I'm shocked. I'd be what? shocked. They have a template. They have their own template. Mm. They don't have to copy anyone. They don't have to say this is what happened. We'll copy that because if you do that, you've no identity. No one believes in it. You have to have your own traits and go with them. And Armagh have loads of them. They're great kickers. They're great catchers. And they've always had a good conversion rate in front of goals. Yeah. And they Don't have you, some top quality. So it'd be interesting to see, just on it, because we like Reid O'Neill didn't play well against Sonny the last day. Brendan McCall kind of wrapped him up. Job, yeah. Obviously, it was such a, a build-up for Reid O'Neill going into that game, the suspension and all that stuff. He was quiet enough 
yesterday against Tyrone. He was playing out the pitch a bit. If I was Reid O'Neill, I'd be going, I'd be wanting another shot at Brandon McCall here. Yeah. And I'd be saying, put me inside. Give me 15 minutes inside in each half and kick the thing into me. But Paddy Lynch made bits of McCall. Yeah. For Kevin McCall had a brilliant off. league, but he, like, he struggled against Paddy Lynch. There's no two ways about it. If I'm, I'm just thinking, I know Donegal won that game convincing, but Donegal are ruined it there now. I expect a kick from them and they learn lessons from it. But from our man, the improvement they can make from that game of Valley Buffet and I've put the mentality of taking Reid O'Neill, guys like this, like, the kick out is going to be massive again, lads. Yes. Ethan Referee, even though he was brilliant from play yes. yesterday, he kicked two inspirational scores. There's issues around the kick out True. as well. And Donegal are going to be all over that. And if they cause the same havoc there, they won't miss as much again. That could be the win and the losing of it. But you've got someone like Ben Creeley there yesterday. Really stood up. He's a huge guy. Mm. Just take the, Armat, this is what I'm saying. Take the risk. Kick the bloody thing along. Track. Just get a flick on. You see that they didn't convert the goal chance against their own. Campbell probably chooses the wrong pass to lose it, but yes. that's the type of play you associate with our man. Attack at pace. And I tell you, that's the thing that would hurt Donegal. That Donegal do not deal with fast transitions at all. So the template is there. It's our, if our man are brave enough to go for it. I think it about They've beaten the All-Ireland Champions. They've beaten Tyrone seven days later. McGuigan. McGuigan dragged McCall out a good bit in the Derry Donegal game. I know the game was a bit like that, but McGuigan did play a lot of his football, even though he started in 14, out around top of the D, out around 11. Yeah. You, like James, as Paddy said there, would you think Reen O'Neill would be thinking, put me in there? He's obviously a footballer who can mix it up in the middle third, but that middle third is going to be quite congested. A lot of big men there between Donegal and Armad. Do you think O'Neill should be trying to get out there or staying in around the square due to damage? I'd be, st- I'd be staying in. I would be staying in. It's made for him. I yeah. don't think Donegal are that defensive that he is going to be inside there going, oh, there's not a bit of space here. Mm. And there's going to if, be a If they're slow transitioning, Jimmy, then he's in trouble. There's no point in being in there. But if they're going to kick the True. ball, put him in. True, absolutely. But if two kicks, I used to always say, if there's two kicks in an attack, it's almost a guaranteed score. Two successful kicks up the field. Like, there is no defence you can get back in time. So, they have the hands up there. Just let the bloody thing in. But if I was Reno Neal, I'd be saying... I'll stay inside. I, I wonder, is it his call to say, I'm going to drift out? Or is it the lads on the sideline saying, Rian, go out? Like, is it a concentration thing? It does take, it takes a certain type of mentality again to stay inside and not get a kick for 15 minutes. Paddy McBrady esque Yeah. Like you have to, you, like he's, he's one of Armagh's main players, but you almost have to be a periphery player at the same time if you want to play that role. You have to be willing to just watch a lot of the game. He's not a, he's not a, he's not a natural corner forward like. So, you know what I mean? Like McBrearty could do that. Mm-hmm. 30 minutes, yeah. he'd stay in. McBrearty could, could do 68. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he doesn't touch the ball and then he just pops up and it's bang. Yeah. That's the match for him. Like, yeah. Reed O'Neill, to be similar probably to Murphy in a way, we spoke with this earlier on in the season, where yeah. he can do all the other stuff as well that he'd be frustrated going in there. But I'm telling if he stays in there and a man kicked the ball in, he could win them that game. Yeah. My, my half his possessions. But like, is he as useful? Bloody... I'm passing the ball across the 65 to James Morgan or something like that and getting it back and I'm passing it across the other way. It's like anyone can do that. He's the X factor. Yeah. Use him. Well, I, I definitely think having Stephen Campbell and Rory Grugan playing as your, your two playmakers in the half forward line are going to add to it. Yeah, 
you know, and, and that's going to add to the kicking inside. It'd be interesting to see if they mix up that, that full forward line a little bit more, if they stick with Duffy and Nugent either side of O'Neill. So that's the main part of our Mad Donegal. We have to stick on the kickouts one more time because Donegal, when they put that full press on Armagh, and we were talking about the BBC behind the goal shot, uh, yeah. the overhead shot, it, it was incredible to watch. They really put the squeeze on Eaton Rafferty, who, to be fair, is a rookie in goals. It's a, a wild card move from McGinney. He did it halfway through the league this year. As I pointed out in commentary at the weekend, Rafferty kicked two points, two exceptional points, was actually, yeah. I think, the fourth highest scorer in championship on the pitch at the weekend. Like he's been a big man at half forward, has kicked his points over the last seven or eight years. Um, Donegal didn't put the same press on Oran Lynch's kickouts. They didn't put him under the same type of pressure. And a lot of people would have suggested that they could have got joy against Derry in that regard. Mm-hmm. Are Donegal going to switch it on again against Rafferty? I'm going to go after him. 100%. They're going to put 12 up. They're going to put 12 up and they're going to leave. Patton will be, bring Patton will be a good field, I'd say. Yeah. They're going to absolutely press the bejesus out of it. But in fairness, <laughs> Danahy, Danahy loves kickouts. Like he will have, he'll have loads of ideas of getting around it. So I think that, that Armagh will be, they'll have a plan. They won't go in there blind. They'll the have only thing, Jimmy, what it looked like in Bally Buffet, it looked like they didn't have a plan. I agree. I think that they, was, they're like, they were shocked. It was, you were looking in and they're going, boy, you got someone do this fella a favor. Someone move from, give them anything. Yeah. And it looked like they were just shell shocked. And they kind of gone away with it because Donegal were so wasteful in front of goal. Donegal are going after Rafferty because he was he was so influential. The two scores he got were inspirational scores, but he was under pressure on kickouts as well yesterday. True. Is he so better? It's nothing to, 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 to go off, but Donegal will be going after him. And I'm just thinking, you know what? If Donegal are going to press and they put 12 lads up, put the ball on Creeley and just get one flick on. Yeah, that, that might be just a little tap long. Yeah, that, that might be where O'Neill slips out as well and gets the ball on the wing and flicks over the top for the runners. A Murphy, Mike, Michael Murphy to McHugh move. Okay, that's yeah. Donegal Armagh. It's going to be exciting. I'll come back for your predictions in a little while. Want to move now on to Crow Park, six o'clock Saturday evening. Paddy, hopefully you'll be warmed up at this stage. Hopefully you'll get a good game despite the lack of a crowd that's going to be there. Okay. There'll be all I think. Yeah, Mayo Calair. This game has a bit of history. Newbridge and nowhere from a couple of years ago. Keen O'Neill hey. appearing on the 6-1 News. Mayo's run in 2018 coming to a crashing end in, in Newbridge. Clare had the life sucked out of their excitement around them against Dublin. It was very flat, very poor. All the excitement that we'd built up a little bit about them. And I think it was legit. I think there was some good moments that we had seen in the league. There was a bit of excitement in Newbridge when they bet Dublin. There was a good feeling around this management team. It's hard to pick yourself up, James, after a defeat like that to Dublin and now bounce back with Mayo? Or would you be thinking, brilliant, we want Mayo in this game? I think, that, yeah, the latter. I think it's a case of great draw. Really? Great draw. Big game. Yeah, big game. It, like, it's all or nothing. It's such a risk. If they win it, then they're back up to even higher confidence levels to where they were. And if they lose, they're up. So like, there's no, there's all they can do is just fight for it. But I, I actually do have a great feeling about Kildare. I think that they, that was not <laughs> the real Kildare. I okay. think that was not the real Kildare. I think Kildare were up for an Limerick out of the hat this morning, lads. They, well, some of them probably were. But at the end of the day, where do you get the value? By beating the Mayor or by beating the Limerick? Do you know? There's way more value to be got out of beating, beating the Mayor. They're not going to beat Mayor. 
I think they will. Like Mayo were Mayo were bang average <laughs> against Monaghan. I was. They were. They, were, they, they only were. needed to get through it though. They yeah, a lot, of, a lot of changes, a lot of changes in that team, a lot of injuries. You got the team obviously on Wednesday night. I didn't believe you. I mean, James. who was in the Mayo team for this weekend? Jimmy <laughs> Sources. You're talking the horn there today, were you? Right, I don't, I don't know, know who back or not. Will I don't know who will be back? I have no idea. Sure, would I know? I, I, I think that they'll probably, they'll probably save him. Even if he was fit, I'd say 10, 15 minutes. He wasn't even targeted at the weekend. No, James came to us in, in the intermission in Castlebar behind the stage and said, "No, Ryan, I don't know who this weekend." And I was like, "Where'd you get that?" He goes, I have my sources. I didn't believe you. I did not believe you. I sent two texts to see if I could get the team and there was no team for Kildare's. Well done. Well, I'm telling you, Kildare's forwards, there has to be another kicking them a crop air. As well, it's their second game in a row in crop air, which which is a big thing. You know, what are they going to do? How many games have they had in crop air in the last few years though? And they've had issues. I know, but they're not going to be overwhelmed by the by the setting or anything. They're, they've been there a couple of weeks ago. They're going to go back in they have a chance to actually redeem themselves because they were, you know, in the eyes of everyone, they were they look foolish after Dublin game. You know, five mm-hmm. goals is embarrassing for anyone. So just go out and give it absolute lash. I think they'll they'll trouble Mayo at the back. I still don't think Mayo are Mayo are where they should be or where they need to be. Paddy, this is the second time now in the space of three days that James Donahue was backed against Mayo. Yeah, he called for Monaghan on Thursday night. No, look, if you look at the two most recent games, so look, Kildare's performance, there was issues against Westmead in their Leinster semi-final. They conceded way too much against, you know, we're all... 216 against the Division 3 team. Yeah. You felt that that was going to be issues for them against Dublin and it was car crash stuff against Dublin. And even their, their forwards, who was kind of their ace in the hole, didn't perform at all against Dublin, completely shut down. Mm-hmm. So look, look, they're hurting from it, but they would have been shell-shocked by that performance. Like, that, that's a hard one to pick themselves up against. And I understand what you're saying, Jimmy. If, you know, they, they get Mayo and they beat Mayo and Croker, it's like, they're back. They're not back. I, I think that, that that performance against Dublin and how well they were beating shows that they're not at the top table. So yeah. I think maybe they might have been looking going, listen, maybe get a Limerick or a Clare a slightly friendlier draw and be waking into the all Ireland quarterfinals then and see where we're at. But then they'd get, a, they'd get a hiding in the quarter. Yeah, I, 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 that's oh. what I, look, I, I don't, I've lost a lot of faith in, from what I've seen. I just think that performance, mentally, that performance was flat. I'm looking at Mayo, I'm looking at Ushin Mullen back to his best, Paddy Durkin back, uh, like, Robbie Henley back in goal. Like yeah, Mayo were stronger, Mayo were stronger than what they were when they lost to Galway. Yes, Ryan O'Donoghue is a loss and I'd be amazed if in six and seven days he turns around from not even being in the squad in Castlebar to be playing against against Calera. It's He's a groin, massive loss. groin injury. Yeah. Groin forward shooting. Like, like that's, that, that'd that be a big ass. But I just think Mayo were great. And we'll touch on Mayo Monaghan's uh, separately now, but, but uh, I just think Calera, the defence, what are they going to do defensively? Are they going to start I don't think they'll be as worried about... Like Dublin's forwards are yeah, no, it, the quality, it They got way off. too I think they got too concerned over that and they were dropping back sweepers doing nothing and leaving John Small free in front of the goals. I don't think they're going to try anything fancy against Mayo. James, do you think Mayo's attack will exploit Kildare's defence the same way that Sean Bugler picked out Conor Callaghan in front of the goals three times in that first half? I, I personally I think that Kildare can fix a lot and I don't think that Mayo have the ability to do what Dublin did. Like the, the going with them, you're back in the lilies. 
I am. I just, I, I just have a gut feeling on it. I have a gut feeling on it. You, you'd imagine Oshie Mullen be on Daniel Flynn. That'd be a good one. I look forward mm-hmm. to that. Would you put Would you put Mullen on Flynn? Like we've seen Mullen go up against the marquee man a few times, and does it take a bit away from his game going forward? I'd say they put him on him, and I'd say they put Lee Keegan on Jimmy Highland, and Lee Keegan will go to town on Jimmy Highland. I don't think so. I think that was meant to, like I think Jimmy Highland could cause him trouble, but I think if I'm James Harden going, Lee, that fella struggled against the dubs. He was taken out of it. Go in and do whatever it is that you do when you mark these guys and deal with them. And Mullen is made for Daniel Flynn. Yeah. But if you, if you, the same as we say with Reid O'Neill, having not performed against Donegal the last day, there's got to be a, a like if I'm thinking if that's me, there's a mentality there going, this fella ate me the last day. Give me one more go at him. And if you're Daniel Flynn having so flat, the marquee guy in the Leinster final, Ben McCormick as well, so flat, you're going, right, it's shit or get off the pot here. We're in Croker. I'm going after it. But That's I powerful. That can be powerful. I believe it myself, but I, I just don't think Kildare will bounce back as well as, as, as they would hope. And I, th- I think they are better can you remember a time when you felt that in championship? A specific? I, I don't know if you yeah, do. There's times when you're just, you know you haven't played well and you're just mm. like, you just haven't been as sharp and you're thinking, oh geez, was I mentally as sharp? Was I as prepared for that game as it could have been? Or, or why did your man get the better of me? Or what was I doing differently? And it just gives you an edge. Just gives you like, you're nearly, you're bursting out of the jersey to get back out on the pitch again. And that's the beauty of this season that it's, like, like literally a week later or two weeks later, you're not waiting seven months for the following season. This is the these teams, this is their second chance. And that's that's why it was surprising with Tyrone yesterday that that was their second chance and they still didn't have anything. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's, it's an interesting weekend ahead because this is the, the, the final hurrah. You're looking, well, what's Duddy Gall's bounce back from such a, they will be raging losing that Ulster final. But you're looking at Kildare, like, it was diabolical in the Leicester final against Dublin. It wasn't they were just, they were nicked, they put in a good performance and there's things that they were all over the shop, all over the pitch. And I, I don't think they can turn all of that around in time. I just think Mayo are a better team despite Mayo's flaws that we see on Saturday again at Castlebar. James, if Mayo was to come true at this test, sort of beaten Monaghan and they've now beaten Kildare, will they have done enough to change your tune going into an All-Ireland quarterfinal? <laughs> Mayor or his new Toronto. I know. That's what <laughs> I'm getting at. Six months to slay them. Is, is, it unli- is it unlikely? To change my opinion on them. Like I, with a win against, with a statement win against Claire, what do they have to do to yeah, change their mind? Sta- they do. They need a statement. And win. what is that? They need, it's, it's up front. It's up front. They need to, to be slicker. They need to be, they need to be more in tune with each other. Like, I don't even know who's going to be 11, 14, 15, I, you wouldn't know who their main men are at the moment. Mm. It's kind of, it could be anyone. So yeah. I don't think they have the leadership up front that when it comes down to it in a big, big game, that they're going to be able to be dragged out. And going down through the years, that Mayo team has been incredible at that. Do you know, they've come back in massive games, shown unbelievable leadership, unbelievable personality. I think that that was one of their X factors and that's missing from them at the moment. I think that Kildare can get at the the thing is, is that Kildare management would have earned their, not earned their money, it's not getting paid, but they would have, <laughs> they would have Not shown their, the they would have shown their, their steal over after that game, from directly in the dressing room after that Dublin game. 
to the Tuesday night or whenever they went training again? Was it a case of, oh my God, what went wrong? You know, blah, blah, blah. Depression central. Or was it a case of park that? That was an absolute one-off. Let's go back at it again. And if it was the second one, then they have a great chance. You don't think, you don't think, Paddy, that the Clare management on the Tuesday may have been pointing fingers at the players? Or will they have been pointing fingers at themselves? No idea. I've no idea. I, I just... I've no idea. We're, we're, you're kind of guessing there and I've been in situations where you've lost games and the players kind of take it on themselves in situations where management are eating you out of it because you haven't executed the game plan. Look, I don't think there's any doubt. There's no way Kildare set out, I feel, to be that completely open against Dublin. I'm sure Glenn Ryan and Anthony Rainbow and these guys would have had a plan that we're going to try and manage this and for whatever reason, whether it was nerves, whether it was Dublin being really good, whether it was Kildare just not performing at all. There's, it could be a myriad of reasons why it didn't go well, but mm. they have to park that. I just remember listening to Glenn Roy after the game and he couldn't even put his finger on it, which suggests that, that that's not what we sent these guys out to do. But we didn't go just off you go and double score five goals in the first quarter. So they're, they're, Kildare will improve from that. I get that. But I, I think it's, it's a hard one to call, lads, because Mayo on Saturday, right? It was the most Mayo performance I've... It was just vintage Mayo. Out of, there's 10 shots in the first half, they score one seven. Yeah. And you're going, hold on a second here. Yeah. What is happening with Mayo here? Because like, Mayo are not a clinical team. And they never have been. And that's probably been their Achilles heel in terms of trying to win all Ireland. That when push comes to shove, they just have not been able to shoot the lights out. And you're thinking in the first half... They mix up their game plan. They have the running game. Ushi Mullen is back. Matty Ruan, for the first time, is kind of back playing well. He's had a couple of quiet games. Killian's kicking scores. His penos are unbelievable. We get that. And you're just thinking, Jesus, Mayo. They're mixing it up. They're kicking the ball long. They're running the ball. They're causing havoc. <laughs> and then the third quarter is... But they went 20 brilliant. minutes without a score. 21 minutes. They Killian gets a point. At the start of the second half, yeah, they have five of the next shots in this game. Old McLaughlin's uh, James, you're talking about two kick passes over the team. That was a classic example. Headley hits Orb yeah. long, Orb hits Killy O'Connor long, and all of a sudden Monaghan are all at sea. And it comes to Old McLaughlin, and you're just like side footed, side footed, sheer panic in his face. I'm going to hit this as hard as I can. Like Began could not save. Began yeah. got the three straight out of him. He missed that, but then Orb misses. The next attack, the left. Ruan misses. Then Paddy Durkin misses. Then Headley misses a free. And they're thinking, Keegan missed two. Yeah. This is Mayo all over again. They could have won four there and be 11 points up and the game mm-hmm. was over. They're thinking, 10 minutes ago, they were uber efficient. And it's like, this is this is Mayo in the mix now. And then they have a 20-minute period where they can't score. They literally cannot kick snow off or up. And they're going, lads, how many times have we been here before? Yeah, exactly. So it, it was the start of the game, which was the was the outlier. Like oh, for totally. them to get, that, that's for them to get to the eighty percent. Yeah, for them to they get are not percent. Yeah, not. that's the exception to the rule. Yeah, it was. and then it comes down the stretch, and they're five points up going into the <laughs> and they they nearly lose the game, and they're fortunate to get out. But I just think their experience that they have, they can hit a purple patch, and manage a game to get through against Kildare. Durkin's return. Paddy Durkin gives them serious. He gives them a score and threat, and he's an energy from the giving back. them punch though. They yeah. felt like they had punch. And McLaughlin, oh, McLaughlin as well. Oh, McLaughlin was excellent. And bar his, his 
aberration for the goal. I think Hessian I, I lads. Think I think Hessian lads a lot to them going forward as well. I think he's another add a bit of pace coming from the back. Like, let me just give you this list, right? It's just on it. Sorry, yeah. we get to better. Ed Dushay was best games from out in a long time. Really, Larry Romand, despite a couple of misses in the second half, which is starting to creep into his game, he's probably forcing things. But his first half performance, he was back to his best. Headley's kick out to goal, give them an option. Another game for Killian. I, 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 I'm not, I'm back of Mayo in this game. Mayo will beat them there. Henley is worth, Henley is worth three or four points. Oh, he is. He'll score the freeze and he's more accurate on the kickout than the vast majority of fellas in the country, never mind the county. Yeah, yeah, very true. That, I was, that was the point I was going to get there. I was going to list it out to you. Henley and goals, a full back line of Hessian, Mullen and Keegan, a half back line of McLaughlin, Cohen and Durkin. I have a feeling that Jordan Finn will be back for the next game and he'll be in midfield with with Ruan, Aidan O'Shea will slip into the half-forward line. Obviously, he won't play there. He'll play a lot deeper. Then you've got Orm. I, I liked Orm at 11. I have to say, it may not yeah. have been the most... I, th- I think there's a bit of a playmaker element there. Adds a bit of a kicking um, element to their midfield as well. Kearney, the big boy, played full forward. If Ryan O'Donoghue isn't back, would you stick with that? He doesn't look like the most natural of full forwards. He got a lovely score in the first half there, but look, I think he's probably going to have to play. Yeah. I, I don't think Ryan O'Donoghue is going to be back from a groin injury mm. and not togging out at all today yeah. playing yeah. seven days later definitely wouldn't start anyway. it's, a, it's a massive okay. ask if he was 26 and he got 10 minutes at the end there you'd be thinking right they, they might force this through but yeah. I think it's too soon particularly for a forward with a groin injury they're a slow one you can't take risks with them I think that I think that Kildare will target Cohn okay because they have McCormack to slip in there they'll keep him high Cole won't be on McCormick. Well, you know, I don't think they can afford That means they're taking him out of centre-back and he's not a wing player and he's not a midfielder. I think, he'll, I think he'll sit in front of the full-back line and kind of protect against Daniel Flynn and Jimmy Hull because Galera are going to try and hit those boys. So they're going to try and sit him there. Aidan O'Shea yeah. might drift back as well and might be Thurman O'Connor and, and Ruan midfield. Will they cheat off I, I think... Dangerous I think, as well, yeah. I think maybe Durkin could be the man for, for Ben McCormick and try yeah, and get a go back be a good the other but I think the Kildare will try and get someone good on Cohen because okay. I don't think his marking is as good as the other Mayo backs and he's in a central this. position. Yeah. yeah. Now he's an excellent leader. Great going the other way. But if I was to say, who can we get joy off there? Just land someone on him for the first even 10 or 15 so he can get a bit of joy. Would you think Kildare, this is what we're talking about, that they say we were so open against Dublin. We're going to bring back a tight bird or someone from... Maybe one of our half hours to play out with five forwards. Alex Brown. Imagine they had Alex Brown. Sorry, it's five parts. Sorry. Good man. But we'll bring Subba back and play with five forwards. And that really plays into Mayo's hands and allows yeah. them to let Cowan. It does. It does. So it comes back to that bravery piece. Again. Yeah. It's a bad defeat can one. scare you into making a bad yeah. decision like that. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's a tricky one. But I just think but Mayo's body's back despite all their old failings coming back in that third quarter and their fourth quarter really trying to see out that game and it's a, a different thing altogether but I, I think they'll have too much in Croker as well I think Croker suits Mayo if this game was in Newbridge oh, very 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 I, very very different conversation I, I think so too but I think Croker suits Mayo and I don't think it suits Kildare as well okay they're the two winners Armand and Mayo who go on to play Donegal and Kildare next weekend the losers, <clears throat> Tyrone, as we mentioned, have been dumped out of the All-Ireland. I'm going to come back to that in a second. But for Monaghan, had they a right to feel aggrieved? I'm just going to read you out the quotes direct after the game. Seamus McEnany, 
I am not going to sugarcoat this here. We are absolutely very disappointed. We think it was a stonewall penalty there at the end. We were robbed of a penalty. We were robbed of extra time. There is no grey area. Listen, never in my lifetime, and I am 20 years managing teams and managing Monaghan teams, have I ever complained of a referee in my life. Today was disgraceful as far as we're concerned, (laughs) and that is my immediate thought. These are huge margins. We can do everything, but you can't legislate for that kind of stuff there today. How, like... Ball I'm comes in off. to Leonard. Keegan has his two hands on him. I For me, say, you're not going to tackle one hand. Going to put one hand behind his back. He sticks his hands out. I, I think it is a penalty. Oh, right? not, I no. think it's a penalty. But I, I think the reason Barry Cassidy doesn't give it because it's like, <laughs> No, no, not even. It's a big call to give it because it's your third bit of injury time and it's yeah. an eleventh game. It is a big call. But Leonard kind of. He just goes down straight away. Yes. If, if I think, if he tries to push off Keegan and take a step forward, or if, even if he tries to swing at it, Lee Keegan is not going to let him take that shot. Guaranteed. There's no way. Keegan will pull him to the ground. He will rugby tackle him. But Leonard just, he feels it, and straight away he goes down. Yeah. I still think it was a penalty. But there was no, Keegan, Keegan's, Keegan Keegan's context didn't put him on the deck. It was, yeah, and that, that's what I'm saying. It, it's it, it, the law book, everything about it. Even the, looking at it, the time it was like that is a penalty. But I can see why Cassidy he didn't give it. give it. Whereas if he just pushes off and tries to make forward progress, Keegan's going to pull him down anyway. As sure as night follows day, but he gives him half an excuse not to give it. Yeah, yeah. and he yeah. doesn't give it. And even watching on telly, you don't know if people watching on Sky. Sky called that it's given. Both yeah. early, and they're like, with an advantage, advantage I think they said it was. <laughs> yeah, with an advantage. It's an advantage. Oh, he didn't give her. If, but, uh, I, could, I, could, I, I thought it was a penalty. I could okay. see why Monaghan are raging. I wouldn't sugarcoat it. Mayo were a better team. I think better, so. And Monaghan were poor. Monaghan were really poor. And like I say, that third quarter, if Mayo are in any way, anyway, they take two or three of those chances. This game, it's a nine or ten point game. Yeah. So Monaghan were poor. I don't think they can feel overly agreed, but with that decision, I can understand if you're bounty going. I'd have given the penalty. I thought it was, but I could see why Cassidy didn't give it. In layman's terms, James, as Paddy is putting it, he just didn't buy it enough. Yeah. No, I, I thought he bought it too much. Di- you're dead right. I think he tried to buy it too much. He just hit the deck. Oh, he tried to steal it. Okay. Okay. He tried to yeah, steal it. Buy it. Talk <laughs> the truth. Buy it. How would he have bought it? So I think that I think that Paddy hit the nail on the head of what everything he said, except for I didn't think it was a penalty. Okay. I because it's the main thing I said. Yeah, but big, the reason that you're saying that he didn't get it is the reason that he shouldn't have got it, in my opinion. Like he catches the ball, feels the contact, and goes right. I'm going down. I'm going down regardless. I don't want to take on this responsibility of having to actually score a goal. Whereas if he caught it and thought goal and took a couple of steps, Keegan was bringing him down. And even if he took Nailed a on. couple of steps and then went down, but like he didn't just catch the ball and Keegan belt him so hard that he had to fall over on the spot. So I think he was too giddy, too intent on going down, didn't earn the foul, no pen. But you can see Keegan obviously panics. If you're Keegan and Aiden O'Shea fires that ball across and you're like, oh my God, that's over my head. Like, yeah. Keegan goes to grab him. He's, he's 100%. I think it is a foul, but he's definitely going to foul him if Leonard takes literally exactly what you're saying. goes, I'm in here. 
Whereas I think he just gets it as like, he can't believe his luck. He's in shock as well. Yeah. yeah. And he goes, I'm just going to hit the deck. And he did. And yeah. I think if he was honest, and I'm sure Banty would have said it to him, he, like, looking at it back, he, he makes no attempt to make forward progress. No. He should have just taken That shouldn't really time. matter. Like, Keegan wraps him and by the rule book, but... That, but does I he wrap him? That gives Cassidy an excuse not to do it. Do you reckon he wraps him? Because yeah. he kind of stuck he out his two hands and he goes, you're, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm watching this though. Lee Keegan is not letting him go anywhere anyway. No, he's not. There's no, but there's no jersey pull. There's no push. Him. He's just strong. But, but Keegan knows he wraps him. He's like, shit. Mm. He can't believe what's after happening there. Five points up a minute yeah. ago. And all of a sudden, Aiden O'Shea plays the most... Phenomenal true ball. Over his head. <laughs> it was, it really was. Yeah. It was phenomenal. And he's yeah. like, I just think the reaction there is just grabbed it. Do not let this guy get a shot. And the fact that it's Keegan as well, there's no way he's letting him shoot. Um, yeah. But I think Leonard is the same. He's shocked. He's like, I can't believe it. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. And he just falls. Yeah. And he flicks it off then. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's shocked when it's not given either. No, he didn't look shocked. You he didn't look shocked. Everyone else yeah. was. Carlo Connell was going to... I'm looking. cold stutter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and he gave the free against him. At and the he end. gave the free down the other end. Yeah. I'm uh, looking at the slow motion replay there. Tommy, give us your verdict on it. I thought it was a penalty watching the replay. I thought it was a penalty. Um, I think what you're both saying is completely right. I have to admit in the roadshow, James talks about buying freeze. I was nervous at moments during the roadshow. I have to admit that, lads. There's times that I cut across one of you or James. At that stage, I wasn't listening. And I said something like, really, to you? And you turned to me and you're like, what do you mean you can't buy it free? And I was like, oh, God, there's 500 people looking at me and I haven't a clue what he just said. So I, I kind of doubled down on it. So well, I think you're, you're right. It's I, your tune here, are you? No, no, I think, I, think, I think it was a penalty, but I think you're both right. And if I get into that position in a game this summer, by God, am I buying it? Earn it. Earn it. Earn it. Buy it. Like you yeah, earn yeah. it with a couple of steps. 100%. And then he has no, he has no you're not going to get it. Yeah, 100%. But I'm surprised. He, like <sighs> Castlebar, it was such a hard decision to make for him. But mm. when, I think it was three points was the difference. At the time. It was one. It was 112 oh, yeah. to 12. 112 to 12. Yeah, so it would level. But I had just scored two points in injury yeah. time. So it was, there was three minutes left of injury time and it was 112 to 10. Can, can you can you explain when you said Paddy earlier on that Aidan O'Shea had one of his best games in a long time? Can you just, in a minute, what, what is his best game to you? Like, what is that? Exactly what he did on Saturday. Not He's not going to score points for you, but he was influential in transitions. Bar, bar, sorry, Bar, I'm passing the ball to Conor Leonard for the goal. But I thought around the middle of the field, I thought in terms of calming the game down at different times, you'll see him, yeah. he's on the ball. It was real leadership from him, breaking tackles. A man who were putting big pressure on him, they were chasing the game and he's so hard to dispossess. He's the yeah, arms in the yeah. air and he's winning freeze and he was just, he was a, played a real leadership role for Mayo on Saturday. People expect, and we've said this before, Ed O'Shea needs to be running up and down the middle of the pitch. He was never, that was never his game. No. He might have been able to do it a bit better five or six years ago. People expect him to score five points from play. That's not his game either. What he's good at is turning the opposition over, managing the transition out of defence, I just show a leadership. And he thought mm-hmm. he did all of those things really well on Saturday up until that point. Yeah. Where, yeah, he got away with it. He got away, got with, away it. with it. They all got away with Definitely. it. Definitely. They were a better team. Like, and I know Banty, I'd be frustrated and the amount of players with their chances. McCarron was excellent for them in the first half. Mm-hmm. Drifted out in the second half. McManus, not one of his best days. He doesn't owe anyone anything. He doesn't know Manahan anything, but 
if he's not on form, Monaghan are struggling for scores. And you could see that in the second half. They themselves go 20 minutes without scoring. Yeah. You know, McManus is one from three. I think, Normally yeah. he has three shots per quarter. Yeah, definitely. And then McCarron's kind of keeping a bit in the first half with some brilliant scores, but he's taken out in the second yeah. half. And Monaghan just do not look like scoring. One of the things, one of the factors I thought watching the game as well was there was plenty of times that McCarron and McManus were back defending. I know they do that a bit anyways, yeah. but it felt like the Mayo defence were pushing them because they're all attacking. Yeah. There is one moment in the first half where McCarron is back defending and the ball goes up and it's just Mohan on his own. And then you're thinking, what's, what's going on here? And a few minutes later, McCarron's back defending again, makes it up for the rest of the attack and scores a lovely bo- a point with the outside of the boot. But I think when those lads are under that kind of pressure, McCarron and McManus, you yeah. may not have them then down the stretch. But as well, well as 35 lads. Yeah. yeah. But when and you're... Running up and down, back down the pitch, and he's off. He comes off at 60 minutes. You're thinking, yeah. there's one man you want in the clutch. Yeah. And it's nearly the case of, do you, does Banty say, Connor, you are the ace of the pack here, and he's proven it over the last decade. Do you play the McBrearty role and just go, you stay in? Nearly what Terrell did with McCurry. That's what he used to do. Why are you using lay yeah. a hand on a fellow before? Like if you look at McCurry yesterday, and he's probably thrown him and Michael McCurry, were the only standout guys for Terrell, he felt nearly all championship. McCurry stayed in the 21. Yeah. Yeah. He drifts out a little bit, but he's not really defending. No, no, he is. He gets an unbelievable turnover nearly the full back line in the second half. And you go, that's that is a massive ass to keep that up with it the is. miles of the clock. Especially 35. At 35. But sometimes, Paddy, you can be, unless you're an actual good defender, you can be a liability back there. Yeah. And I know I've I've gone back in matches before, and I think that I'm doing the right thing. And just because my peripheral vision as a defender isn't as good yeah. as it should be. There's a fella snuck in behind me, maybe, or my concentration really? isn't what it is when we're attacking. And that's what happened for his black card. He was standing top of the D. He was in the most yeah. important defensive position, and he's <laughs> your corner forward. And next thing, he sticks out a leg, black card, into the sim bin, and that was a game changer. Yeah. So Mayo scored 1-3. Mayo scored 1-3 to no score when he's in the sim bin. Yeah. It was Same against Galway. Game. They made hay against Galway as well when, yeah. when they got the Tim in too. Just on yeah. that, lads. You notice yesterday, right? As bad as Thoreau were, and a bit of credit here, right? They conceded 1 2 in the first half mm-hmm. on the spin after the news is gone. And back to me hits the deck yeah. on a kick up for about two minutes. That slows it all down. And then they get momentum back and they kick a couple of points before half time. And Richie Donnelly gets black card in the second half. 10 minutes. And I actually noticed this. It's a, it's one all during that 10 minute period. So Tyrone manages. They have three injuries. Did they? I didn't cop that. Myler goes down for about two minutes. Michael McKernan goes down for about two minutes. Michael McKernan goes down again for a free of the other side. Another two minutes. And McCurry kicks the free. And Tyrone, despite not being anywhere near the levels of what we expect of them, I was all the champions last year. That's just game smarts. Yeah. The game was going against you. Kill the clock, yeah. Man, Fitzmaurice actually mentioned it on, on commentary on the Sunday game yesterday, but I'm so it was obviously like Moyers down and he's two minutes gone. And Terrell managed that, and it's level on the same. Now, Donnelly comes back on and had her map pull away completely. Then they kick three or four of the next scores and ultimately win the game. But for, for Monaghan, there with an experienced team like that, you're thinking, McManus, we're down to 14 minutes, don't let the game get away from you here, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. It's just an interesting to note uh, from Sidbids that you'll see. Keep an eye out for the, over the next couple of weeks as well. Everyone aspires to that level of dark arts and cynicism and game management. 
is it is management it, I would call is it, it it must be very difficult though to have everyone hymning from the same or singing from the same hymn sheet it's, like. it's experience and that's yeah. why you, you expect someone a team like Monaghan with all their experience and Banty yeah. and Shady and you'd associate the them with it yeah. all the lads like they're really poster boys for it that they'd be they'd have that kind of management you're looking at on the flip side someone like like a Kildare against Dublin they could see two of those first goals. You want four lads going down, yeah. hit the deck, lads. Let's stop this game for five minutes if we can. And they don't. And that's inexperience. They can get away from you. And I thought Tyrone was one of the very few positives that they had yesterday. You could see that. that Any time momentum was creeping away from it, it was like, right, we need to get a grip of this while we can. Still wasn't enough, obviously. You need to do more than that to, to win these big games. But... There's moments where you're under pressure as a team and everyone needs to be on the same page. Time is slipping away from us slightly here, but James, your name and your phrases, your quotes were pinned to the throne dressing room wall. I'm sure all the shaman joking, they probably weren't. But like it, it was, I thought, very interesting that on your first podcast, your first moment as a pundit, you felt, I suppose, brave enough and comfortable enough to say, to suggest that Tyrone was struggling in the league. You know, yeah. I feel like as the season went on, your opinion of them didn't change a whole pile. They're all <laughs> Ireland under 20 winners. They are the reigning Ulster minor champions at the minute. They're in an All-Ireland quarterfinal. They lost a clatter of players this year. They obviously had their post-All-Ireland celebrations, their holiday just before the league started. Would you expect that group to come back with a vengeance in 2023? Yes, 100%. Um they can just write off this year. It was an absolute shocker. Like, there's no doubt about it. They had an unbelievable year last year. Everything went their way. Um, this year, they just could not get going. They looked flat. They they looked they look listless and lifeless. And it's not an ability thing again. It's just it's just they they couldn't get going. And sometimes when you keep getting knocked and knocked and knocked, you think there's going to be a bounce, but sometimes it just doesn't come. So they can go away. It's so early. It's June. They don't have to see each other for a couple of months. They can go way back to their clubs, find themselves in terms of football again. They don't have to worry about getting the cup and bringing it to this club and that club or <laughs> going on this trip and that trip. Just concentrate on your club, get yourself back right, and then you're fresh to see each other again and go at it again next year. They're probably sick of the sight of each other. They must be because the fellas are walking off the panel. Everything was going around for them. So it's just a case of parking that up. Yeah, and we'll go again next year. I, I, I wouldn't be worried about the next season, but I, I just think from the very first game when Cavan annihilated them in the McKenna Cup, you're just thinking, right, okay, senior players are injured. I get that. They're not playing the early rounds of the league. Then you start getting players walking away from the panel. It's another, another bit of a kick. I can't... Give me one performance where Terrell were good all year. Like... Learning like, maybe, but it, yeah. it was nothing to play for. But like for getting Harry. anywhere near the levels they reached last year. No, like and, and, and I don't like signaling lads out. But yesterday's their biggest game of the season, and their player of the year is on the bench. He's dropped. Yeah, like that's that, that's nearly a symbol of how that season has gone for Toronto. You look at their biggest play, like Matty Donnelly, Peter Hart, never really. Matty Donnelly's been injured for most of the year, and I get that. You, you, Older player, always Tyrone, nothing. But he had a massive influence in that All-Ireland win last year. 
McGeary's player of the year. And he, I think, sent off a couple of times. He's dropped for the big games. McShane, they're trying to get a tune out of McShane all year. They didn't, they just, they couldn't wait any longer. He doesn't start yesterday. Peter Hart to say, Moiler picked picked up by Jerry Oakburns yesterday. You look at all the big games throw one last year, semi-final, final in particular. Moiler was outstanding. Game changer, literally a game winner. No influence again. Morgan missing his freeze. All of the things that went for Tyrone last year. Just none of it. They did not get one break this year. And I'm not saying that they won the all because they were lucky last year, but these are the things that happened for Tyrone last year that got them over the line in the big games. And bar maybe McCurry being at his level. Michael McKernan as well. Yesterday's quite right. good. But, but, but outside that, like Conor McKenna gets a goal in the first minute yesterday. doesn't really have an impact after that in and out of the team all season, even in the National League. These are all the outstanding players for Toronto winning the All-Ireland last year. The hunger, the energy, the intent that they had in their play. I don't think at any stage over the last six months they've shown that at any level. And, I, and they'll know that themselves. Of course, they did. look at the results they've had. And I think, Jay, I agree with James completely. It's just, lads, take a few months after. Go yeah. away. Go on holiday. Play with the club stuff. They'll come back refreshed next year and have that hunger and have that energy and they'll be written off and they'll have Bader Bannett and guys like McGeary and Moiler and these other 20 guys coming into the panel bring a fresh bit of energy into it and they regroup and they'll be a handful next season. But as All-Ireland defences go, not at any stage, at any stage, the Tyrone get going over the last six months and they can have no complaints and they won't. They won't yeah. have any complaints. I'd say they got their timing wrong. I'd say, you know, because of the shortened year, they thought they'd get going at some stage and it just crept up on them and they just couldn't. They just couldn't well, get it going. So, in, in the fence, right, Jimmy, you have to enjoy winning the All-Ireland. Yes. yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, and particularly for Tyrone, who hadn't won it in so long, none of those guys had won the All-Ireland. you got to go and enjoy it. And I, I'll give an example. Dublin in 2011 were in the same situation where they won an All-Ireland having been 16 years without it. Exact same the following season. Totally flat, nearly beaten by Leash, nearly beaten by Wexford in the Leicester Championship. Go out and lose to Mayo in the All Ireland semi final, then being hammered at half time. They kind of get it back together. But that season was like what Tyrone were having. Yeah. It was just flat all year. You're thinking, it's going to come. We're going to get it going. Key players getting a couple of injuries, it's fine. We will get going when it matters. And it never really happened. Mm-hmm. And that can happen when a team is not used to having that success. You have to enjoy it because that's what in All Ireland for those guys, was massive and for the county. But they were chasing their tail from day one and they never got it back. Yeah. And they learned a hell of a lot of lessons from that. Logan and Duhart will learn a hell of a lot of lessons. The players will learn about the mentality of their teammates because they, they were up against it at different times this year. And we don't know, but behind the scenes, I am guaranteed they were having big conversations and they'll see how players react to that and they'll learn a lot. And they get a batch of these 20s to come in nearly perfect timer for those guys. But as this season has gone, scratch it. Yeah. Scratch it. It's done. Yeah. It's over. Well, I said it early last year, the Tyrone struggle in the league. I'd say this early this year, about next year, they'll be up the top of the league next year, guaranteed. They'll win the league next year. Well, I'm excited to see them. I'm excited to see them in 2023. Well, we do have a bit of breaking news here on the football pot. It's just been confirmed. Oh, hello. Another team who crashed out this week, Mead were beaten by Clare, 
And Andy McEntee has just confirmed in a statement to the Mead County Board that he will not be seeking reappointment for a third term. So the Mead County Board have commenced their search for the new manager. So McEntee came into Mead as an All-Ireland club winner with Bally Bowden. He had brought a yep. Mead minor team to an All-Ireland final in 2012. They were beaten by a very talented Dublin side in that final. He brought Mead to Division 1. Mead played more Division 1 teams, lads, from that, in that campaign than they had played in the last 10 years of football in Championship and League. So they had more games against Division 1 opposition between the Super 8s in 2019 and that seven games the following year. So 10 games. Mead hadn't played 10 games against Division 1 opposition in League or Championship for the previous decade. So it just shows you the base of where Mead football was at and where they came from. It definitely went sour towards the end, speaking as a Mead man. Um, I don't know where the county is going to go next. I think the next move is incredibly important. I think what they need to be looking at is a man, and I'd like to get your thoughts on this briefly because time is against us, but a management team that can look after it and steady the ship, change things up a little bit for the next two or three years. And that is when you hope that the two very talented teams that we have right now, the group that are 18 and the group that are 19, that you'd hope that you can foster that talent and that potential. And when they're 22 and 23, that potentially they'll be good to go and they'll be coming into an environment that is competing at Division yeah. 1 level more consistently. So I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know where they're going to go. In my eyes, I don't think there are a huge amount of people within the county putting their hands up to say, I'm the next manager. Andy McEntee was the outstanding candidate back in 2019. And in many ways, he had a dream team around him with his selectors as well. He had uh, Finney and Martha and Donald Curtis involved and, and Jerry McEntee was involved as well that first time he came around. So I don't know what they're going to do next. Paddy, I don't know, looking in from the outside as somebody who's been frustrated by Mead over the last decade. Do you know where they should go? Uh, I, okay, I don't want to stop my head now, no. But I, I just say for Andy, I thought he was definitely the right man for the job. The passion he has and the McIntyre family have for Mead football, I looked as a dub and I know the guys uh, personally as well. I thought it was right that he got the job and I thought he gave Mead a belt. There was without it, you've gone through it there. There, there was tangible progress. I think it started to turn even when they were relegated in Division 1, it was tricky because it's kind of during COVID time mm. as well. To bounce straight back up the next year, they lose that game. It was basically a straight shooter between them and Kildare and Newbridge to get yeah. back to Division 1. They didn't perform a Leinster Finals against Dublin. We've seen that can happen, not just Mead. That's not saying it's acceptable for Mead, but it's a tough gig to go into. And Andy brought progress, but there's no doubt. And he loaned himself, and the Mead fans know it. It had stalled. It had probably gone a bit stale and they needed, they needed a kick this year. They need to tr- and if you look at how the season went, purely on this season alone, they were not within an Irish's roar again now in Division 2. There was a distinct gap between um, Galway and Roscommon who got out and Derry who were pushing them along the way. Yeah. There was significant drop-off in standards to Mead, Cork, Clare, Offaly. So that's, it's not even stalling. It's probably drifted back a bit. Then you look at their championship performance. We've gone through it. The Dublin game, bad. Okay, mm-hmm. that's that's not progress there either. And I didn't fancy them against Clare last weekend. I, I just think the way the season has gone, just the atmosphere around the camp. We're talking about it with Throne as all are the champions. You can get into a rut in, in a campaign and in a season where it's just it's gone flat. Yeah, and you're, you're out of ideas. Andy's been there a long time. He doesn't know of anything. 
but I think it's probably the right time. And he, like as he as he said himself, there was quite a murmurs last season with how last season went that they'll change it around. So he probably under pressure to get a kick out of them this season, and it just didn't happen. And it's not just Andy; it's the players, it's the coaches, it's everyone collectively in BGA. Um, sad to see him go, obviously, but it is a. You're right; it's a massive appointment for me. You yeah. look, and I'll say, you look at how quickly things can turn around. Derry bring the right man in, and from absolutely nowhere, back to back promotions win the Ulster Championship. Ed the McGinley goes into Antrim. No, he stepped away now. Back to back promotions. Mickey Hart back to back promotions with Loud hasn't happened for the championship. But there's tangible progress. Yeah. You get the right man in. You're telling me me don't have the, the tradition thing, or the, the raw thing, materials. The thing in me though, Paddy, is the clubs have a bee in their bonnet about outside managers. Well, and Banty came in, and this is BGA. the issue. I don't care about bees in their bonnet. If BJ wants to be successful, you pull in the same direction. Look at what Ralph are doing. Look at what Rory Gallagher, Christian McKeg, all these guys in Derry said. That type of shit. They don't want this. The county board don't want this. The players don't want this. The supporters don't want this. You have got no chance. You can bring in Pep Guardiola next season. And if everyone's pulling in different directions, it's going to be the same story. Get used to Division 2. Get used to hiding off Dublin and Crow Park. First protocol, everyone is for the benefit of me, GAA. Clubs, supporters, sponsors, players. Because I don't care who you are. You can be the world's greatest coach and you go in there. If that's not a place, forget about it. Templates are there. And it can turn around quickly. But if there's people going the other directions, no, no one will want the job. That would be my advice. That annoys me when they're self-sabotage within the county. Like, are we not here to see me, GA progress and be back to the boiling days and that type of thing? We, Dublin people want that. The Leinster Championship needs that. And look, you can take a leaf out of Kildare's book. The bounce they've got, like, I don't think they're going to get through at the weekend but bring in four of their greatest legends and all of a sudden the supporters are behind you, the sponsors are behind you and I tell you, if you're a young player in there, you're behind the team as well. So, it is a big appointment. It's massive. And you've got to be pulling in the same direction from the good start. Yeah, that, that's, I think that's a very powerful message and I might, and be, sharing, I might be sharing that. Like, but that is the thing I was getting to is that Banty came in before and that was the first, I think, outside manager in Mead football and I have a feeling that Mead need an outside manager this time around. I feel like we need one and get the next young management ticket ready for three years' time. Personally, I don't feel like that is in the county right now at the minute. It's not like the Kerry job that went up the last day and there was three or four different tickets coming out of the woodwork. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be very Royalty, interesting to see. Garrity, Tommy Dowd, and... Stick Ollie Murphy. Stick Ollie Murphy in there. Ollie too. Murphy, there's your five lads. Yeah. If I was a young lad in made and they were the five managers, I'd be putting my name in the hat. Yeah. Like, but I mean, even when, when you say outside manager, that almost blackballs you, but it should be who's the best candidate, whether True. they're from where, no matter where they're from, True. because there is going to be someone, some name that's going to pop up and it's just going to put a bit of excitement back into the county. Mm. And that's what it needs. It needs that little bit of a, of a flame just to get people excited again, because let's be fair, McEntee was completely undercut at the start of the year. With that, you know, it went around the went around the country basically that he was he was not getting voted back in. Then he was. That seeps into the dressing room. That Definitely. seeps into into players' families and things. They're going, what's what's going on inside in your camp? You don't even yeah. know who's going to be the manager. Like it has to be the manager has to be number one. No question marks marks asked. No questions asked. He has to be the main man. 
So when he's undercut by the county board, whoever it was, it sends a bad signal straight away. Definitely. Okay, let's move on from Mead. That's their year over. That's Tyrone's year over. That's Monaghan's year over. Loud's year's over as well. I want to get your predictions because we have a couple of things to get through. James, you've already gone big. You've led with Kildare um, to beat Mayo. Paddy, you're gone for Mayo. I'm on yeah. the Pat, I'm in the Paddy Andrews camp. I'm sticking with Mayo and Croker. I think they're going to prove James wrong. And I hope they convince James to back them the next time around. Next game up, Armad Donegal. Just want the team you want. The team you're picking. Give it to me, Paddy. Armad, I've got to learn the lessons. Yeah. Well, Donegal can't be as bad as again as they were against Derry. But I, can't back. Back. I can't back Donegal again. <laughs> yeah, we've been burned too many times, man. Yeah, me and you in the last in the park. I think we've backed Donegal any time they've gone up, Paddy. So I beat Derry. Yeah. So did I, and I had backed Derry to beat Throne. So I'm sticking with Armad this time, James. It's in your ball, of course. Yeah. I think okay. we're going to curse him, but I think that Donegal are better on paper than they are on the field at the moment, which is never, yeah. which is never, always like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I. I think Armad will get the hang of the kickouts. They'll kick the ball more. They have scoring threat. I fancy Armad. Okay. Just to give a mention as well, Paddy Andrews got every single one of his predictions right last week, apart from one. Back, baby. Apart from one. <laughs> apart from one. Apart from one. You called Tyrone to beat Armad. Did I? No. Yeah, you did. And James. Is that on Monday? I don't remember that podcast on Monday, lads. <laughs> James O'Donoghue, you got every single one of your, pod- uh, your predictions right, apart from one. You called for Monaghan to beat Mayo. He was only trying to wind up the crowd. Oh, yeah, I was trying to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, I, did I back Manhattan last week, did I? You did, yeah. Remember we agreed in the green room? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was... We yeah, were on yeah. our fourth point. Yeah. <laughs> and I got every single one of my predictions right last week, but it doesn't matter. Higgins has got a decade. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Nah, um, he was nearly back in more against Mayo than I was. It, the room was very dark, wasn't it? Yeah, so... Okay. <laughs> An awful lot of back of the big birds now at about 2 a.m. Yeah, there really was. There really was. When Mick delivered the black and white pudding, I never saw her eyes light up as much after two. Yeah, feed a point. Mick comes out with the food. Always a good customer. Fair play, should be. Okay. Harris Common. This are, these are two teams now that drew Rossies. in the league. Rossies. Are you back in the Rossies? Oh, all day long. Yeah. In Croker. Fair play to Clare, but Rossies and Croker. Ross Common are going to win that. That was a big win for Colin Collins and his Clare side. Mead had the hex on them in the last four or five years. They should have kicked Mead out the gate. Yeah. Should have had it him in the fiery car park. It comes down to conversion. If your conversion rate isn't, is a direct link to how good you are as a team. If you're missing chances, then you're not that, you're not that good. Whereas if you're scoring on the chances, you are a serious outfit then. I think, I think Ross Common will win that game as well. Even though I think Claire and Fairness them, and they're very solid, but Ross Common are more experienced. I, I, was, I was impressed. Yeah, I was impressed with elements of Roscommon's game against Go. I thought Ulton Harney had one of the finest games he's played in Championship football. Ulton's been knocking around for a number of years. Always played with injuries. I think he'll have a big game. I think this one will be close. I think the Roshes will shade it. I think it's the shooting. The shooting, that'll make the difference. I think Clare will be better in front of the post the next time, I hope. Because they do have quality forwards up there and Tuberty and Cleary and Sexton. But they're going to need to nail them next time around. Final game of the weekend, Parky Cueve. Cork Limerick. I'm getting in there first. I'm back in Limerick. Oh, back in Limerick to beat Cork. I remember you, you said something a couple of weeks back. It was like Limerick are the second best team in mm. Munster. It's a tight one. This but first, it shouldn't be fucking Porky Queen. <laughs> like, play that one at Ennis on a Saturday night. Full house. Absolutely. A lot more even. I think like it's an advantage to Cork having it there. 
Cork were great against Leo, but they're probably comfortable. I, I think Leo would probably regret not having a little. I know they've played defensively and that's worked for them this season. Or Mickey Hart does like when they say defensively, but they've got bodies back. I think if they, they played a bit more on the front foot, they could have hurt Cork a bit more. Um, I think Cork will probably nick this one, lads. I think this is probably, I think for the, the, the success story of Limerick this season, this would be a massive win for them. To, to get over the line to beat Cork and get into the next phase. It'd be but huge. I, I don't. I did, think Cork, be, did Lowell beat Limerick in that? In the league? Yeah. They did. They met them in the league final. Limerick had, a, Limerick had an injury or two. Going into like a Brian Donovan was missing one or two others, but loud, loud about them, yeah. I just get the sense of Limerick season kind of, it was always a hide to nothing against Kerry in the Munster final, but it can yeah. peter out a bit after that. Okay. The fact that it's in Porky Cueve, Cork getting a good win, backing up their, let's say backing up, but they, they showed a bit of fight against They Kerry. did. They did. Yeah. I'm sure they don't think that, that sounds really patronising the way, but there was a bit, there were some positives to take from that. They've got their injured players back. They win against Loud. Potter's injured again though, is he? Did he get, he got a knock? He came off, but is he, I don't think it was that bad, was I, I don't it? know. A quick turnaround in a week if he's got a yeah. knock. But I, I think Cork will probably nick that one. That's a tight one. Okay. That, that is, is a very tight one. James, where are you going? I, I'd love to see what Limerick have been doing since losing to Kerry, do you know? Have they just packed it? Do you know, they had a great year. They're promoted. They got to Munster final first time in a long time. Was that enough for them? Mm-hmm. Um, I think if they knew they were going to draw Cork after the Munster final, they'd have bounced again straight away. Like, yeah, like it's yeah. a good draw for Liberty. It's a good draw for yeah. It's a good, good draw, draw for Liberty. Yeah, I th- I think Cork will, I think Cork would be have the momentum. Do you know? Okay. They didn't get the the donor against Kerry that they could have got. They've won since, so I'm going to go Cork at home. Okay, Cork at home. There you have it. There are predictions for next week. Who would we you can... go for? I went for Limerick. I went for Limerick straight away. I think Limerick right off beat the battle. Yeah, yeah. For the lodge. I've seen Limerick a few times. I think uh, I think they're going to get the better of them in Croker or in Parky Cueve against Cork. Okay, a couple of quick fire questions from the Footpod listeners, and then we're done. We're finished for this week. First Thanks, one for you, baby. Paddy. First one for you. Oh, hello. Your buddy Paul Mannion. Yeah. He's gone to Boston for the summer. Yes, have, have you been chatting to him? Is he? Is I was he chatting him a while back. Yeah, playing uh, with Donegal Boston. I was chatting about a month ago. He was telling me, "Yeah, uh, he's excited, is he? He's very excited. Yeah, he's over for a couple of months. <laughs> is he working in construction or is he behind the bar? I don't know. He'll do he, Has he landed over there? Yeah, he's yeah, over, he's there, over yeah. there now. That's all right there. because yeah. they're turning him around. They're turning some Monte fellas away at the airport. Yeah, no, yeah. he's in wow. there, he's in and he's done. He will be so helpful for some poor lad <laughs> on a Sunday yeah. in that championship. Mm-hmm. Um, How's the knee? No, he's back, he's fine, he's ready to rock. Got to do medicals to, to get something off. <laughs> wow, he's uh, no, he's over there. Look, it's great for him, he'll enjoy it. Um, the Doves would love to have him, obviously, but that ship sails. But uh, we yeah. try and sneak over myself and Ooh. give him some moral support. Good, good stuff. <laughs> I don't think I get the transfer fee, he'd be getting them. Oh, would you go over and play with the ball? Because that's the second question. Would James or Paddy follow Paul Mannion to Boston or Chicago this summer? It's a wonderful city. I study there. That's coming in from Nicholas Stone. Is this, is this an offer, is it? I don't know. Put a number on I, the table. James is too much of a club <laughs> man, I think. The yeah, Emmy. James no, I too... would. I never got to go. I was supposed oh, to go know, once. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Didn't go, so I, I'd, definitely not this year, but I think about it. All right, maybe next year. Cool. Paddy? Our life gets in the way when you're a bit older, doesn't it? 
does, I suppose. Ah, I'm still only 29 now. I could work remotely from Boston. <laughs> you absolutely could. You absolutely yeah, could. Difference. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let you me see, the work scenario way. is like some fellas go over there for the summer and they're working like dogs. Like, mm. I wouldn't. That, that wouldn't that. be me. No, that would like I, no. some of those, and then going through two days on, five days off will be my motto there. Work life balance is very important. Yeah. Work life football balance, very important. Yeah. Well, I do, I agree with Paddy. I feel sorry for whatever defender comes up against Paul Mann. It's got to be Is it 30 percent in Boston or 50? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I got a lot of dozens in Canton GA grounds in Boston in 2012. I was 19. I was played in centre back and cornerback. I was in trouble. Yeah. I was Any trouble. offers there for my friends in Chicago, Boston? Okay. Tweet. Okay. Get back to Paddy. His DMs are open. A second one for Paddy. Owen O'Donnell called into yeah. the Dublin senior football squad from the hurlers. Yeah. A, what position will he play? And B, most important, most pertinently, will Owen O'Donnell's addition to the panel anger some of the current reserves? No, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I was surprised to see it. It's a unique situation. Obviously, the hurlers going out. Like, athletically, he's spot on. His mm. size, his aggression, his speed. But lads, like, he's never played at that level. Like, to come in in the middle of the championship, I think it's, I think in terms of the energy, a new guy like that coming in, like he's, he's a real leader for the hurlers, coming into the panel. There's a bit of a buzz there around training. There's obviously a couple of injuries in the defence, so he's another body for that, for, for games and drills and stuff like that. I, I don't know, but hand that hard, I'd be surprised if he plays Championship yeah. minutes, like yeah. that's a massive ass for a player. Like, never played a minute at any level senior football for Dublin. Yeah, to come in, we're at the All Ireland series. I think it's it's a good thing for the squad to have him in, but I'd be I'd be surprised if he sees any action. It's an interesting. He's not going to be better than Rock Castello or Khan. So he like, might play in the backs. Is he? I thought like, he's full just, forward. Well, he's uh, full forward in football club football with. Uh, yeah. Is he? What club is he in? Whitehall. But, Whitehall. Uh, they obviously have the reasons. Yeah. It's an extra body. His, yes. his attitude, his personality will be a positive around, around the place. But I think it'd be a massive ass for him to play minutes in the championship. Yeah. Like, okay. If this was the start of the season, he goes through a whole of World Cup and that's league. Yeah. He's never played any of those games. To go in, like Dublin's next opponents could be, could be Donegal or could be Armagh, Reno or something. Like it's, the step up is, is too vast in that space of time. Yeah. In my okay. opinion. Um, yeah, I think they're playing the long game. It's an interesting one. Yeah, they're no. taking him now. They're, I think they're taking him now, so he Would won't go back with the hurlers next year. Could be. It's an interesting one. Yeah, it's one to keep an eye on. Um, a good few questions in, and we've already covered it, so we won't get back into it. But Nigel wants to know what your thoughts are on the bizarre call to bring Roscommon, Claire, and Mayo all the way to Croker on a Saturday afternoon. I'm with Pat- you, Nigel. I'm backing you up, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Pat Mac wants there. to know. Why bring Mayo supporters to Crow Park? Paddy has your back. He agrees. Ronan Hurricane. The Talchin Cup and backdoor games have already been very, very competitive. Does that mean that the Talchin Cup is already successful? Are we giving it the thumbs up? Yeah. Yeah. And it's only got to get better. Great stuff. I can see on that, and I know we'll touch on it next week. I'm looking at a, a Cavan Westmead final. Ooh. I feel off, it'd be great to see Offley in it. But like that will be it's massive for all the county. You look at what happened in Carrick and Shannon the other day, you look at those teams going to Croker in two weeks' time. There'll be I'll tell you, there'll be more crowd at the Talton Cup semi-finals in two weeks' time than there will be in the All Ireland qualifiers this Saturday. Yeah. I think that's a huge moment for those counties to see what kind of a backing they have 
because obviously we all want to see them play in front of crowds. The crowd has to come out now and support the players. Like. They'll be mm-hmm. all telling you and follow RT, Look it up and go to those games. Go have to a it. Have to a crowd are going to be there. But for Sly, go back in Croker. Yes. Massive. Offaly of Westmead are usually in Croker playing the dubs in the Leinster quarterfinal. And they're not Pack it out. Offaly will bring a crowd, definitely. Yeah. Yes. Lightning will have him. He'll have buses interstates to bring for us that yeah. game. We'll be, we'll be we'll previewing. Get tickets for that game. Get tickets no, for that. I worked right. those games. I'd you rather will. get those the, two of them. The two of you should be working those games. <laughs> we will be talking about the two Touching Cup semifinals next weekend. We will be reviewing the four qualifiers we have this weekend. And by next Monday, when the podcast comes out, we should have the All-Ireland quarterfinal draw in the football. So, yes. Paddy and James, pleasure to be back on with you again. Thank you very much for joining us on the football pod once more. Thanks, us. Thank you to everyone who listens in, as always. We really appreciate your support. We will see you on the road again soon. Oh, Paddy and James. Enjoy the rest of my holiday, lads. Enjoy the week. Talk soon. Bye see you later. Bye.